0: Term five head that's someone with a very large forehead yeah you know yeah. like someone's a bigger forehead like five is bigger than four yes. yeah okay i feel like our uh, i feel like our main character this movie has like a six head at least <laughs> this guy's got a fucking big forehead come on oh my god you know what It didn't register. Are you shitting me? It was not something that registered for me. You're talking about our Brad character? That's right. Okay, now that you say it, he does have a very large forehead. But you know why I think it stands out amongst the rest? Is because the 80s hair on everyone else is so poofy and down on their faces and heads that it's sort of in comparison ridiculous that his hair is not styled that way. I mean, his is poofy too, but it just starts further back. I know what you mean, though. They're, they're, he's by far one of the weaker heads of hair in this otherwise glorious representation of 80s, uh, you know, Midwestern life. Wait, is Missouri in the Midwest? I'm so bad at geography. <laughs> oh my Fuck. God. I hope so. A uh, story to the side so, people of mid, mid Missouri. South? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And today, by special request, we are discussing. Justice Ninja Style, which is a movie I'm almost certain most people on Earth have not seen. (laughs) Well, if you don't live in the fine city of DeSoto, Missouri, then maybe not. Yeah. Um, This is sort of like another passion project kind of movie. We watched a few of them on the podcast here. uh, In our first interlude, what did we watch? It was... uh, Motorcycle Maniacs. Yeah, Motorcycle Maniacs. And then we also watched uh, Miami Connection, the YK Kim project. All projects. the Rudy Ray Moore movies. Yeah, uh, what else do we got here? We also Fucking, we just watched Oh, Champagne God. and Bullets. Champagne yeah. and Bullets, which maybe is the film this most closely resembles. I think yes, in many yeah. ways, Miami Connection has a lot of crossover with this thing too. In some ways, that's true, but it was Champagne and Bullets, where the producers of this Blu-ray actually reached out to us and suggested that we review this movie. Uh, a fine company called VH Shitfest, or as they are now known through more reputable channels, VHS Hitfest. <laughs> they were forced to change that name, I guess. Shot on video, by the way, we didn't mention that. It's not a film. It was literally shot on video. And they have partnered up with Vinegar Syndrome, who we love, of course. Vinegar Syndrome is distributing this for them. But uh, yeah, the guy who actually like owns, I guess, this company or the rights to it reached out and was like, you guys should do this. It was because of our Champagne and Bullets episode. So we are doing that for the fine folks at VH Shitfest. Love it. I love the name. Um, And also their logo pops up on this Blu-ray and it's fantastic. It does the sort of box around the VHS. The old VHS, yeah. But the box also incorporates the H in their HitFest or ShitFest, however you want to pronounce it. And I think that's really awesome. I love that this was a recommendation and that because they saw we had done Champagne and Bullets, they were reaching out. So really excited to watch this one. Definitely, they're a vigorous syndrome partner label, and you should definitely check out some other stuff. I believe they also have a YouTube channel with like some reviews and some other stuff they do. And uh, yeah, if you have not watched Justice Ninja Style. I would recommend it, I think, if we're, you know. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely take a look. I mean, we're going to go through everything and give you our full review of this thing so you can hear all about this movie. Uh, But before we do, what do we always do on the podcast? Well, we always pair it up with a beer. We make some kind of beer connection. And in this case, you mentioned uh, the town of DeSoto, Missouri, where apparently this was filmed and not just filmed they incorporated basically the whole town like the town enthusiastically just uh went along with this to the point where we're seeing like actual Desoto police cars fire trucks like these are actual locations there are locals populating we assume almost all of the roles in this movie this is like a legit production where the whole town is involved and so what brewery are we drinking a beer from today? Yeah, so it would have been amazing if we could have found something from the town of DeSoto. But being don't know if they be- have fucking craft Oh, yeah, we don't DeSoto, know. We're Missouri. not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But we thought it was appropriate. As an homage to the town of DeSoto, we uh, are drinking something from Town Brewery. Now, this is out of Whitby, Ontario, this brewery. Uh, I think they're on the Lakeshore, you said. Have you visited it before? Uh, I have not been to the actual location. I've driven by it a few times. The Whitby Lakeshore is not... It's kind of a dead zone. Like they've got some industrial stuff down there, and this brewery is down there. It's not really like a populated area, like other sort of lakeshore areas are, like in Toronto. So you haven't you haven't actually not so it, not much. Sure. No. Okay, I this stuff is readily available though. I've drank a lot of town stuff. I know it's in our LCBOs in Ontario. It's probably available. In other places in Canada too So I think they're distributing it a lot I've liked everything they made They came out in 2017, the brewery And their focus is really on Modern pale ales and IPAs say. But I know they do lagers and sours too Yeah, this is a pale ale we're drinking today What's it called? Uh, It's called Outside Jokes um, And I think that actually kind of fits With our movie here too Uh, So much of it takes place in the outdoors And and so much of it is pretty hilarious Watching (laughs) our ninja style So it fits, but really our connection with this is the town brewery and, and that's mostly because of Desoto, missouri who took such a key part in making this film and this really does seem like it was something that the whole town was involved in i wonder like i wonder why they chose the this town i, I don't know maybe the maybe it was because of that willingness maybe yeah. they were like yeah we'll do this absolutely you can use our real police cars you can film <laughs> a scene in our actual jail like jesus yeah it was pretty cool to see all of that stuff happen here and so let's uh let's crack open these beers and talk about justice ninja style absolutely let's do it So unbelievably, we open with a Star Wars-style scroll telling us that for over seven centuries, the art form known as ninjutsu has been handed down from generation to generation. It continued through the years as an unknown art in the West and a highly feared art in the East. Right through World War I and II, the legend of the ninja warrior was thought to be just that, a legend, because of the tales of the impossible feats reported by the local townspeople. Can the ninja really disappear, climb sheer cliffs, defeat numerous enemies at a time, fly through the air, or change his appearance like a chameleon? We may never know because the ninja warrior has become extinct until now. God damn it, I am in love with this movie already. (laughs) Holy fuck, the scroll went on forever. You correctly made a prediction where we are watching that it would end with a dot, dot, dot until now. But it wasn't a real prediction. I was like, I would love it if they did this. I'm mean, There's no fucking way. And then it would happen. I popped so loud. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So we're starting off hot here. We've got this sweet scroll and we kind of get a above town view we've got sort of this wide shot showing the town and we start zooming in and get introduced to our first characters and uh into DeSoto Missouri here yeah and I should mention that while this is going on what we've got in the background is basically a keyboard demo track like you know (laughs) seriously if you had a keyboard you would press like whatever it would just play this is like that kind of music and the music as we go through this just gets really incredible Um, We do see the town of DeSoto, Missouri, and we see two women exit a diner. They are talking about weekend plans and men they'd like to date or not date. But as they drive away, we see them being followed by a police car. Now, soon after, they experience car trouble, a flat tire that I'm thinking might not have been an accident. Yeah, this is a problem here. They're, They're really laying it out for us, right? These women are talking about who they don't want to date, and key on that list is George the Cop. Yeah. So I wonder who's (laughs) who's following him in that police car, right? They leave the diner, and the diner was right beside a mechanic. So they would have had help if there was a problem, but they don't notice it until they're out in the middle of town. They pull off, and they come up with an interesting plan. Instead of staying together, one woman is going to walk alone ahead towards and find some help, and the other is going to wait there and use her feminine wiles to convince some man to fix her tire for her. Yeah, that's her exact quote. I'll stick around here in case somebody comes along. With my obvious female charms, I might have it fixed before you get back. That's, uh, that was enjoyable. So that's Shelly, the one who stays behind. Carol is the one who goes walking for help. And uh, we get to see Shelly's feminine wiles in full effect when that cop car rolls up. As one of them, the aforementioned George, is just all over her. The police, coming in hot once again. God damn. <laughs> they definitely do not get a good rap on any of the Every movies we movie watch. Every movie we yeah. watch. they're so yeah. shitty. Oh my god. Now, you failed to mention that almost this entire conversation, there are people in the car, the two women, Shelley and Carol are not actually moving their mouths. It is an overdub that's uh, giving everything that they're saying. Well, we can't really see their mouths, but like, it's, the audio is definitely overdub because you're shooting on video. They're shooting yeah. an outside shot of the car. They wouldn't be able to have the fucking sound. My, no. Yeah, in there, no. So it's they actually do a pretty good job of this, I found, but it takes away a little bit. I think we also get our first of our internal monologues here. That is true, yes. There are moments where the characters are expressing thoughts, and Shelly is like sitting there thinking about things and... Yeah, I don't know. I like how Carol leaves, and five seconds later, Shelly's like, Carol, what a bore. I'm like, this is her best <laughs> friend, and she's just shitting on her. Yeah, and it's in her head, too. It's not that she's saying any of it out loud or to anyone. We're getting that monologue overdubbed, which is... Kind of funny. I'm having trouble with it. The acting already is uh, telling you that it is certainly an amateur production. Oh, my God. If that wasn't abundantly clear from the whole shot on video thing and the film in town. But, yes. Now, after Shelly rebuffs George's advances, he gets very handsy and ultimately violent. But, inexplicably... When he slaps her in the face, she fucking dies. He kills her with an open hand slapped in the face. So that's bad. Uh, what's <laughs> hold, on? On, hold, what- on, hold on, hold on, hold on, on he doesn't just slap her he does use his nightstick. oh the nightstick is in his yes, hand. oh yes. i don't think i noticed that yeah so the nightstick when he swings his hand across he uses the nightstick. okay that's more realistic and than it, 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 it knocks her down i think he's like probably just knocked her out or like given her a bit of a contusion here but she's dead it didn't seem to be enough for a kill even with the nightstick in my opinion no absolutely not so that's bad But uh, what is also bad is that someone just happens to be jogging by at that exact same moment. Or hey, maybe that's not so bad because George has an idea. Yeah, the jogger does not see the dead body of the woman on the ground. He just sees two police officers there. They come up to him and ask him who he is. He tells them he is the guy who started the local martial artist. <laughs> He's opened the local karate studio. Jesus Christ. So he just happens to have weapon skills. And so this police officer who has, like, one-shot the woman with the thing asked for some help learning how to use it. He's trying to get some fingerprints on the nightstick because this is what has taken out the poor Shelley character. So, unwittingly, this martial arts instructor shows him how to use it for a minute. And George, actually, in a kind of like clever and funny way here, is like smirking and laughing he's like perfect yes thank you you missed a key detail though which is before he gives him the nightstick he tries to throw it on himself and he accidentally hits himself in the forehead so now he's gonna have a bruise and a contusion that he can blame later on on the fucking martial arts guy which is hilarious because he mentions it so often in the movie. And there's, like, nothing there. There's nothing there's no. there. Like, there's no damage. Their makeup effects budget for this film is, like, zero. It There was no bruise budget, apparently. No. Yeah. So that he keeps mentioning it, but that doesn't happen. But so now the fingerprints are on it, and they decide to arrest and frame this man. How does George's partner feel about it, though? Uh, his partner, Grady, is his name. Um, we get the impression he's kind of a sketch bag too, but this is sort of a bridge too far for him. However, George basically hits him with the old, uh, if I go to jail, so do you. And so now he's kind of back against the wall thing and he does agree to go along with this. Yeah. I kind of got the sense that actually he was a clean cop. Like this is the first time he's ever had to break a rule and he's having trouble with it. My counter argument for you is when Shelley and Carol are in the car and they're talking about what they mentioned Grady kind of derisively like, oh, not Grady, which made me inherently <sighs> think he was kind of evil. But I don't I think they're mentioning it more because he was such a like stiff, like he's such a rule follower kind of guy. He, he wow. it seems like George was the guy who like abuses power and Grady was kind of the like, I'm going to follow every rule. It's possible we may be diving too deep into this right now. I don't you. So anyway, uh, they decide to frame this guy, Brad, as his name for the murder. Somehow, Carol has already made it to a mechanic and is back with a tow truck, even though it's been literally three minutes. But when she arrives, George paints the picture of what he and Grady are going to claim happened. According to him, they caught the jogger trying to rape Shelly and managed to subdue him after a scuffle that saw him grab George's nightstick and hit him with it. And because that jogger's fingerprints are in fact on the nightstick, like we said, they've got a pretty good chance of getting away with this. At least they would have a good chance if it wasn't for a certain mysterious ninja watching from the bushes. <laughs> so, <laughs> we get a shot of them corralling Brad, our jogger martial artist, into the place police car they just fucking leave shelly's body on the ground they call the coroner first they're just gonna leave it there and hope yeah they they, they don't create a crime scene (laughs) they don't put any tape up they do nothing they just leave the fucking girl's corpse in a ditch that was the 80s you know oh yeah it's fine plus i don't know maybe the fine Police Department of Desoto, Missouri, is not lauded for its <laughs> <laughs> for following its uh forensic uh, countermeasures know. effectively. It was the eighties, yeah. I don't know. 80s. It was kind of funny. So, of course, they drive away, leave the corpse there, and we do get a very quick shot of a ninja hiding in the bushes. The ninja <sighs> saw all of this. The ninja witnessed the encounter with the police. Knows that our karate master is innocent and. I don't know. Uh, Do you think that's going to come back in this movie? Oh, it definitely is. But this is also the biggest plot hole in this entire movie, which is, why is that ninja there? Why is a ninja inexplicably hiding in the bushes on this side road of DeSoto, Missouri just in the correct time to observe this murder happening. The ninja originally lived on the west coast of America, but after... Don't, no spoilers. <laughs> don't spoil this yet. This is our big reveal. I don't know um. why he's there in that moment. It makes no sense. This is so inexplicable <laughs> and it's a huge issue. Well, I mean, the ninja's there because it had to be so that it could well, course, see yeah. that he was not guilty and would come to his aid. This movie is called Justice Ninja Style, right? <laughs> so we know that... I just that- thought Brad was gonna be the ninja because he knows karate, he knows the karate thing. No, being so this is what the the real message of the movie is that if you are in karate school, you are not a ninja. It's not the same thing. I don't think that's the real message of this movie, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> Uh, So Brad is locked up now, and to pass the time, he's going to do some karate-style breathing exercises. I like how when the cops see him doing this, they're like, maybe he's on dope. (laughs) You can't comprehend what, like, tai chi is. Yeah, they just assume he's doing drugs because he is exercising. They are like, what the fuck? Um, It's pretty funny. We get some interesting moments in this prison, right? The police acting is really poor here. They're also just giving away way too much. Of what's like, the plot is and things yeah, that are man. happening. The next yeah. scene, Carol comes to the jail cell to ream out Brad, and once she leaves, George basically tells him that he did this, and he's going to kill him before he gets to trial. Now you're guilty, mister. Guilty as sin. No, wait. And you know what else? What? I wouldn't be surprised if you never made it to a trial. And just what is that supposed to mean? Well, you know what they say, better you than me. There's no way I'm going behind bars. Like, maybe tipping your hand a bit too much there. Yeah. There is a lot of exposition that's said out loud rather than shown in a movie. And that's always sort of an amateur problematic it's a sign of, thing, yeah. right? Like, that's a sign of a poorly written uh or organized film if you have to say everything rather than show people and there is so much of that in here i was wondering how you felt about the music while he was doing the tai chi all of this music is just ridiculous it's just like i i literally picture somebody with a keyboard and they will like change the settings and then just start like playing stuff with different tones kind of reminded me of kung fu the legend continues oh wow yeah, yeah. okay but those weren't synthesized sounds <laughs> no they I had real they used ones yeah, yeah yeah they did but this is that was kind of what it was giving me so he's doing his exercise in there they're calling him a drug addict or saying he's on dope i thought it was hilarious that his dojo or his place is called cobra karate yeah that's uh not to be confused with cobra kai i would assume that if anyone had actually seen this that would have been a rather substantial lawsuit yeah it's very seems very close to me yeah it was really close and i thought that was funny uh, I like that they've told everything here. Brad now has it all figured out. Um, and then we transition to seeing the ninja. But how do we know that the ninja's coming? Because of that fucking wood, wood yeah, pipe. Yeah, it's, it's pure chimes. chimes. Flute. Yeah, yeah, we're getting pan flute, pan flute and chimes. Oh, no, it's oh, sorry, it's chimes. You're right. It's like yeah. the wood chimes. Yeah. yeah, we get the chimes. And it kind of sounds like an old school Japanese video game, too. So the ninja's coming, and... I don't think the ninja's okay with Brad being in jail, do you? Definitely not. So much of the music in this sounds like video game music from the 80s. No, this this whole murder situation, not only is the ninja clearly upset, but it's also riling up the people of DeSoto. Carol's dad, who's also the president of the town council, he shows up to complain, and our two crooked cops argue in the next scene that things are already getting a bit too hot. But little do they know that just outside, that mysterious ninja's about to turn up the heat even more with some sweet slow-motion roof flips and also a fire. Does he set this, or...? I Actually, we get some camera angles of this ninja on the roof, and he's doing rolls and flips between rooftops. These are all real things that are happening, and they're pretty good. Well, we see him hit, like, one roll. The rest is just jumping, but I, he landed that roll. I'll give him credit. I, but, I mean, in terms of, like, a camera that you're filming on, like... With the production value, I'm actually enjoying the angles they're taking, the shots they're getting. They're doing a decent job here. The key word there is with the production value. Because, yes, compared to the rest of the stuff we see, there are a couple of pretty good shots compared to the rest of the stuff we see. Yeah, that's fair. We have a scene sort of spliced in here, too, of Brad uh, doing his internal dialogue and contemplating life and the decisions made. man. These are my least favorite scenes in the movie when they do these. We we talked about this last season, Serpent and the Rainbow. I hate when there's a fucking on-screen narrator. Yeah, so that sucks Balls. But the ninja's doing cool stuff. It definitely sets the fire. It sets it in a garbage can. So what they're trying to do here is create a distraction. We've got large black clouds of smoke coming up over the building, um, and it's actually brought out the real fire department. We've got the Desoto Fire Department uh, responding to the call. They had yellow fire uh, engines, which I thought was in a unique call. I've never seen that before. Well, but if you go to different places, cop cars are different colors. They aren't all like blue and white or whatever the fuck. You know, I know these different things. Really I have never seen me. a non-red fire engine i mean i haven't either but that could just be where we live i don't know um that fire does create the distraction that you mentioned it pulls george out of the police station when someone runs in to tell him which leaves grady by himself as i'm sure you know no individual man is a match for the stealth of the ninja warrior he (laughs) sneaks in picks the lock to brad's cell in record time and we are immediately launched into an incredible chase scene jailbreak What's hilarious here is once he meets the ninja, Brad is shocked and baffled. He's like, ninjas don't exist. They're not real. So we know that this mythos that's been set with the scroll at the beginning is true, right? Nobody believes a ninja is real. He opens it way too quickly, but then immediately disappears. Brad walks out of his cell, kicks Grady in the head. That kick was fucking hilarious. (laughs) So good. Hilarious. So good. Doesn't have full extension on his leg in any way, but it knocks him out in one kick pretty funny and like you said we got the chases on it starts with him trying to jump over a dead tree (laughs) he does not clear that tree no he eats a lot of the tree but lands on his feet and then we get george the cop chasing him who also (laughs) eats a lot of the tree but falls yeah man uh so brad gets away or at least for now But as George points out, this might actually work out great for them because if they can get to him before anyone else does, they can kill him and claim self-defense. And they do get to Brad first, but I'm legitimately confused about how. They get a call on their walkie-talkie that he's been spotted in an oil junkyard, but when they get there, the place is deserted. So who spotted him? Like, who called this in? Yeah, there's no one there to call it in. The fact that Brad is just hanging out in a junkyard full of cars... For no reason. Like, there's not even a good hiding spot. I mean, there's a lot of shit. But yeah, like, that's where you hide. You hide in all the stuff. I guess so. But you know what else? There's a lot of really noisy stuff that when you walk into it, it clangs and it all falls yeah, over. everyone know where you are. Oh, my ups. God. So, really, this was chosen <laughs> because they thought it would be a fun scene for them to film a chase and, and, it, is. A, and it, it is it is a fun scene yeah. man. they can't catch him he runs along the top of a bunch of those old cars dodging gunshots before swinging himself around a tree to escape which is pretty awesome but he doesn't get far as when scouting a barn as a potential hiding spot he's immediately found by some farmers who recognize him from the news and try to capture him for what they call a reward so brad is fucked Unless, of course, that mysterious ninja just happens to be in the very same barn holding an incredibly realistic fake torso. Seriously, what the fuck is happening here? (laughs) So it's way too quick that these two very large and strong farmers, I mean, farmers tend to be big and strong. It's Country strong, buddy. Oh, yeah, definitely. But they trap Brad. When he is about to get pulled in, the ninja slides open the door and just happens to have a fake ninja dummy there. I don't no know head in. though, just the the torso yeah, and legs. Yeah, just the torso. So the one farmer, the one holding sort of like a machete, stabs the torso of it. It gets stuck <laughs> in there, and the ninja. Quickly dispatches him And then we get a bit of a battle here Between the other farmer Our big strong farmer with a pitchfork And our ninja And they're going at it for a while It seems more like a WWF wrestling match Than it does a fucking ninja battle Oh my god yeah The ninja like body slams at one point Uh, Brad just watches the ninja Kick the living shit out of this burly farmer type Laughing and cheering him on But when Brad steps up to get a closer look The ninja is gone He tries calling out to him saying Hey look. I know what you are. And I saw you at the jail. You're not some kind of a devil. You're a ninja. Ninja? In this day and age? In this town? I don't know about you, but I do not feel like the actor playing Brad is doing a good job of expressing his on disbelief. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's <laughs> really bad. I mean, the acting in this whole movie is terrible. Atrocious. Fundamentally terrible. Fundamentally awful. Brad, because of the amount of screen time it just it's more t- noticeable yeah, it. yeah oh my god it just it's pretty brutal here it's again this is an exposition he's explaining everything to the audience when it doesn't need to happen he does sort of turn the corner though and run into our ninja again yeah but the ninja i guess was still fighting with the other farmer he kind of throws another guy out there and uh the ninja like without ever speaking through some sort of hand gestures communicates something to fucking brad we are friend. <laughs> That happens later. He basically tells Brad that it's time for Brad to go get the fuck out of here and hide. And then the ninja disappears again. He does. And now it's time for a gratuitous padding scene as we get some footage of a training session in the Cobra Karate School. After the class is dismissed, the instructor, Dan is his name, gets a quick rundown of what's happened and what might be the worst acted scene in this whole movie. Oh goodness! Yeah, the, this is the Dan and Kathy conversation. Was her name Kathy? I didn't Yeah. Catch Holy fucking <laughs> terrible! They are just digging an acting oh. hole from which they will never escape. These are real members of the Desoto community, I believe. So I has don't wanna, to be. I don't want to. I'm on not them convinced too hard. that anyone in this movie isn't a local of the Desoto, Missouri community of 1986. Well, then whoever played George, the police officer, hopefully uh, got some more future acting jobs because he he carries the load in this movie in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king is that absolutely (laughs) (laughs) they're so bad anyway they wrap this conversation up dan heads out to his car where brad jumps out of the bushes looking for help but can he believe him how could he because his witness is a fucking ninja (laughs) ninjas don't exist man no, Dan's right. A mysterious ninja who does not talk is not a good witness. In fact, he thinks Brad is telling him jokes. Outside jokes? Ah, uh, uh, good connection. I'm almost done, mine. Yeah, I am too, but that's not because it's good. I'm just trying to get it finished. <laughs> Very hoppy. <laughs> so delicious. Dan has decided to hide Brad at the Parker house, so this is sort of like an abandoned house, although when we got to it, it looked pretty nice still. It still had all the Did not see that away. abandoned, no. No. Um, so he's going to hide him there. And then we get a quick transition to Carol talking to uh, Nick Nixon of the Nick Nixon band. Yeah. Local musician Nick Nixon. <laughs> we they zoom in on his fucking appearing tonight like on some billboard at some bar. I'm like, what? this must be a real guy. I don't know. Uh, yes. Dan is going to help Brad out by hiding him at the old Parker house. But you know who does not want to help him? Carol. We see in this next scene that she is still very hot about this. And all I could think of was, gee, I wonder if they're going to end up bumping each other and uh, eventually falling in love. What do you think? I didn't even consider that there was going to be a relationship or love between Carol. Are you serious? And no. Like, it just didn't even what do you seem mean? possible to me. Oh, so, well, sorry. It shouldn't happen. No. But you have to know it's going to. Why? Because she's the female lead and he's the male oh lead. And this is a like, clear example of this type of agency. Jesus, I don't know. what is going to happen here? You know Are, what's going to happen. They're going to bump into each other and like he'll convince her that he's innocent and they'll fucking fall in love. And it happens. It happens very quickly. I I don't understand nothing based on their conversations or things that happened showed me that they should have found common ground and fallen in love. Shouldn't have happened. No. And it certainly shouldn't have happened that fast. But we'll get to that in a second. Okay. You forgot to mention that uh, local musician Nick Nixon... Is like a great value Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he looks like. Yeah, absolutely does. Uh, <laughs> we shouldn't uh, fucking like soil the name of uh, Good no, Guy Michael I said, McDonald. Although though, perhaps yeah. not the the biggest uh, musical cameo we see in this oh movie. Oh my god! <laughs> so before before we get to the part where uh, Carol finds Brad and they get to know each other. We get a quick scene where Officer George pulls Dan over and roughs him up with some hilarious sound effects before that mysterious ninja pulls out a throwing star and gets George in his gun hand. And by gets him, I mean the throwing star literally bounces off his hand. Like, wouldn't it stick in him? They clearly just did not have the budget for that kind of blood effect. Yeah, none of the shurikens in this movie actually stick into things that they're thrown at. They are clearly the safety ones that you give to children as It's props. rubber. It bounces off his hand, man. Yeah. I did like how uh, Dan picks up the star afterwards And is like A shuriken? Well Brad must have been telling the truth all the time come on man more fucking internal (laughs) dialogue oh my god he might have said it out loud we don't we only see a shot of his hand holding it uh, No, we did not in his fucking head bad times uh anyway back at the old parker house carol wakes brad up at gunpoint but she does not want to hear his ninja story she does seem to be considering the part of the story where george and grady might have been responsible for shelly's death and when dan shows up with the tale of george assaulting him and the throwing star she's totally on board right Oh, my goodness. Well, not quite yet. She doesn't believe no, no, it yet. No, no, makes her more she, suspicious. She, she doesn't believe in this shit. She's like, you guys are telling me crap, which I actually liked because I think it's pretty improbable that even if you gave all of the exposition of what happened, this woman is going to believe your story. So she's got this big shotgun. She's got it ready to use it on either Dan or Brad. So she's going to take them out to the car, and they're going to drive to town and explain this all to the police She'd rather it be the chief of police because I don't think she trusts George, but he's not around right now. Oh, he's on vacation. Did they mention that here or no? Yeah. I didn't catch it. that. I only they caught it at the it end it, yeah. and I was like, what? Um, so, she, yeah, she's not convinced, but that's going to change in a second. When the ninja blow darts her from a tree, thus irrefutably proving every part of Brad's story. A blow dart from a ninja. Oh, my God. You must be telling the truth. What? She didn't see the fucking ninja. She just got hit in the arm with a blow dart. It could have been... A non-lethal. It was just there to startle her. Yeah, it didn't hurt. She just popped it right out. I'm sure it hurt. Ah, She got darted in the fucking forearm. So she's completely on board now. She believes everything and now she's in love. Which makes no sense. Well, we find that out when a random cop shows up. He has them dead to rights, but Carol plays the damsel in distress, then knees the cop in the dick, which allows him to escape. Well, that's not really true. The ninja shooting a crossbow at the cop's gun allows him to escape after a subsequent nunchuck fight and random fireball. I'm trying to describe this, but I am not doing it justice. You can't describe it. The reason why you watch this movie is for most of the ninja fights they are something special the amount of sound effects put in when he is moving those nunchucks are extraordinary (laughs) it's unreal extraordinary so much noise yeah it's so so good uh the skills that are presented here probably good for 86 but not you mean just the ninja yeah yeah no one else but the guy playing the but even the guy playing the ninja is not like Again, it's it's compared, to everything, yes, it's compared exactly. to everything else. It's compared to everything else. It's the land of the blind. Yeah. Yeah. For He's, sure. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I don't even know. He 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 nunchucks the guy maybe a couple times. The the cop is not at all worried about him. He even says, All right, eight years in the Marine Corps, take care of you, buddy. But no, he gets his ass handed to him by this ninja. And then the ninja throws a fireball in the cop's face and vanishes. Yes. Which which makes Brad be like, Oh, he really is a ninja. I was like, What? <laughs> Did you see that? He can go invisible. But the cop also is like, wow. And is just yeah. like suddenly fine. But then he's the cop stops chasing Brad and Dan and Carol after this ninja disappears with the fireball. This was Baffling. They they decide it's time now to break their getaway, not while he was busy with the ninja. No, they're watching the ninja. Yeah, fuck. So they decide <laughs> the best route out of here is to run across an open field. Oh yeah, I have no idea where this cop does not pursue them. Like he is still there. Brad is still very much wanted for murder. And like you said, they run through a wide open field. The cop just lets him go. I guess that fireball really convinced him they're innocent also. That and that is the real lesson of this movie. If you're ever accused of murder, just summon a ninja and everyone will believe you didn't do it. It's <laughs> all it if, takes If you can convince them That ninjas are real Well when they see the ninja Right away they're like Innocent I hope you never commit murder but Me too But if you do I will put on a ninja suit For you Fuck yes We did it <laughs> uh, Now as if all of this Wasn't implausible enough Once Brad, Dan, and Carol are in the clear, we see that Carol is totally falling for Brad, like you said. You know, Brad, the guy that up until 30 seconds ago she thought had murdered her best friend. She's staring at him all dreamy-eyed, close-talking to him from like an inch away, then kisses him before she leaves with Dan, and Brad even slaps her on the ass when she leaves. What is happening here? Like I don't that's understand. I don't understand how it got here. This kiss comes out of nowhere. They're like making a plan about how to get out of here and get help, and all of a sudden their lips are connecting. There was very little passion, though. You can tell that these two were not used to uh, kissing randoms. I guess most people they are. But... They are randoms to each other at this yeah, point. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what it felt like. It literally felt like there was no connection. The fact that he slaps her on the ass as she walks away, though, like, ugh. Just contextually, that's weird. Yeah, it was strange. Very odd. So they're in love now. Um, they've decided that the two of them, Dan and Carol, are going to go get help. Uh, so they're going to head back to town, see if they can find someone they can convince uh, about this. And that Brad is going to go run back to the Barn. The same barn? Well, it's the barn from the Parker house. Oh, you know what? They do mention later that they were surprised he went back somewhere he'd already been. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so okay. he's trying to do a little bit of like an uno reverse here. Go back. And <laughs> hide himself. Convince. <laughs> see if the, the police are smart enough to find him. So he goes for a run. Uh, And it's an extended film cut run. Yeah, He's there for a while. We do spend a lot of time outside, like you said. Now, you mentioned the police. They need a new strategy. So they call a town meeting at the local diner and urge everyone to keep an eye out for the mysterious ninja. Now, a few people in the crowd are like, a ninja? Seriously? So George shows them proof by pulling out a medallion they found at one of the scenes. And how would you describe the reaction of one local dishwasher when he sees this? Racist. Oh, come on now. Do you think so? Oh my God. So. I guess the dishwasher at the restaurant and where they're holding this meeting is a Japanese guy. Yeah, they tell us that afterwards. Well, they tell us. I'm not convinced he was. He definitely wasn't. Well, they don't you don't was definitely. Well, they don't show us a Japanese human. They show us with someone with their face down, screaming, ninja, ninja, ninja. <laughs> That's what it As actually sounds like. they run away, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the guy complains that he's not going to have a dishwasher anymore. <laughs> we need you someone just, to wash like, the dishes. Holy The cop's like, he'll come back. (laughs) His family's been here forever. Uh, Yeah, so this is a a tough one. (laughs) I don't know what to say about this. Uh, So we've basically got now a lynching situation here with the whole town trying to run Brad down and string him up metaphorically, if not literally. And they find him really quick, too. But as we see... All of these locals are no match for the awesome power of Brad and, of course, the ninja. They all get their asses kicked, except for a very convincing Willie Nelson impersonator who is apparently providing the soundtrack to this scene. This music was a super weird choice. (laughs) I mean, first of all, if you're Brad and you're going to run outside during the day when you know everyone's searching for you... The likelihood is people are going you. <laughs> to you find him so fast. He yeah. didn't steal a vehicle like he's not trying to be sleuthy or get places quickly. He is literally running out in the open. So, of course, this mob finds him. The music choice of having this Willie Nelson look-alike, I can only assume, it's pretty good. Willie Nelson look-alike. You though. thought it was Willie Nelson for a second. It it. I was like, "There's like, no there's, way." There's Willie no Willie fucking way. But it is, is a very good. And, he looks more like Willie Nelson than uh, Nick Nixon looks like Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so they are they're singing a country folk-ish song. It's like a vaguely wistful, like kind of romantic song about running, though, oh, which okay. is hilarious. Like it is about running um, away from things that are that are happening you so they're trying to contextually have it here it does not fit with this ninja kicking everyone's ass not at all my favorite part of the ninja kicking everyone's ass scene is when he emerges from a pile of leaves (laughs) well that's a classic ninja hiding place come on now he was already fighting them this wasn't the first way that he appeared (laughs) he fights a few of them and then hides himself in a pile of fucking leaves (laughs) and then pops out to kick another guy's ass as he's beating up brad are you fucking kidding me (laughs) no one sees him crawling into the pile No, of nobody <laughs> saw him trying to cover himself. I can just picture this pathetic attempt of a guy trying to cover himself some leaves. <laughs> Holy fuck. No, you're right. This does not make a lot of sense. Um, what else doesn't make any sense is Carolyn Dan's part of this plan. They go to make some calls to get this thing sorted out, but they don't really know where to begin, so they decide just to go back to the old barn where Brad is. And this old barn is where all this shit's going to go down. But in order to keep the lie going, George and Grady have to head in alone, which is inexplicably what they do. Like, why is there not a giant mob of town folks there? It's just the two of them and some deputy. Like, we'll take care of this. Yeah, they leave the deputy behind. I mean, the deputy... Does find Dan and Carol, and he follows them back to this. Yes, farm. this time we know who called it in. It was this guy. Yes, so we know he knows where they are. Um, and George actually makes the smart call of not arresting Dan and Carol. He knows that they're probably going to lead them back to Brad. So that was kind of a smart move by the cops, I guess, because he's going to isolate them. He and Grady go in there because it's time for him to stop this all. Well, hey, we should talk about that, though, because before they show up, Brad, Dan, and Carol are having a conversation in the old barn, and they're literally standing next to the door. And like many old barns, there's like gaps in between the wood. They can see out the door, and yet George and Grady walk right in and get the drop on them completely, even though they're right. How do they not fucking spot them coming? It was pretty hilarious, too, because George walks in and sort of like finishes the sentence that they're having. It was so close that he actually overheard and was able to shut it for them. They were making their plan, figuring out how they were going to pin this on George. And George knows that. He really can't leave any of them alive if he wants this to happen, so we're about to have a quadruple frame job? Seems like it, but Grady is having second thoughts about this, so George knocks him out, and this is where he lays out his plan. He is going to kill Brad and Dan, then strangle Carol to death and make her look like a rape victim. This is not the worst plan in the world, but the ninja shows up to throw a wrench into things. George is ready, excited even to fight him. So you're the devil Conway was yelling about You look like an ordinary man dressed up in a funny costume and you know what? I think you'll die like an ordinary man too. But this fight does not go well for him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness, yes. So the ninja comes, I don't know what he does. He sort of like wraps a coil around George's arm to pull the gun out. And they have a one-on-one. We get a couple hilarious moments. One in which the ninja almost, like, rolls and George flies in the air a whole bunch. Yeah, the flopping in this is incredible. Oh, my God. It was pretty special. Um, but it ends with George getting impaled on a piece of farm equipment. Yeah, the ninja, like, trips him or something or, like, throws him. And he ends up, It, it it's like a piece of, like, sharp metal. I don't know this equipment. It's just a literal, like, triangular piece of metal sticking up. But he, goes, yeah. he goes right through it, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) We don't really see it. We just see him, like, from below, and there's the thing behind him, and there's blood, kind of. This is the most impactful, the most, like... It's their biggest swing. Yeah. It's like a big swing for this effect, and I don't think they hit it. When you see the actor flying towards the spot where they're going to there's get no impaled, spike. there's no it's spike. It's not there. Yeah. You couldn't risk him actually landing on so it. So they yeah. didn't have it there, and then they show the like, dummy going through a spike, and then they show the blood running. And they've tried to cover it with editing, but it doesn't really Isn't that land. great? No. No. Uh, well, with George dead, though, it seems like Brad is in the clear, although it's maybe not such a sure thing when that deputy who called it in gets him at gunpoint. But at this exact moment, the chief breezes in and Grady wakes up ready to confess to everything. This all gets tied up into a neat little bow. But you may be asking yourself, what about the ninja? He's around. He'll always be around. And this is literally true in our final scene. (laughs) This wrap-up scene happened so quickly. Like yeah. the point of them having the culmination in the barn. We you were didn't... hoping you were hoping for a giant like shootout or something. Yeah. yeah. I was I was hearkening back to Tammy and the T-Rex from last season. <laughs> you fucking love that movie, eh? Oh my god, so good. Where we it had rated that very highly for both of us. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of hoping for something epic like that. This kind of we did get that fight and our, our evil cop does take it in the end here. But the chief comes in and cleans this all up. Grady is going to jail for being a part of this cover-up. The other three need to go in to make statements. So they take Carol and they take Dan in the cop car. But they allow our Brad character, the one who was suspected all along, to walk back to town. He needs some time to himself. I do want to mention, after he walks away and all the police take off, they also leave George's body there. (laughs) <laughs> this is quite <laughs> we have to assume the coroner's on the way oh right? yeah the corner's on the way he's gonna get there after he's done like with the rest of his work I don't know so yeah. pretty hilarious I love that part of it I don't know why it bothers me so much but I think it's funny it's very funny so he goes for a walk he's walking down the road and somehow he ends up in the middle of a giant field yet another giant field where he finds the ninja who's like seems to be like praying or something and he manages to sneak up on the ninja or does he Well, he walks up behind the ninja, taps the ninja on the shoulder, and then we get a sweet double leg takedown here. Yeah, the ninja like rolls, and when he rolls, he like traps Brad's legs and drops him to the ground, which is pretty good. Though when he sees it, Brad, he backs off. And now, inexplicably, with mere seconds to go in this movie, we get a sudden infusion of backstory, as Brad reminds us of a story he heard about a Japanese family who fled to DeSoto, Missouri from the West Coast to avoid anti-Asian discrimination after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, a story which the ninja silently confirms is true before once again disappearing. And with that, we hit the credits at the 68-minute mark. Jesus Christ. What I want to know is, is this the same family who is also the dishwashers? If it's so, why is the dishwasher so scared of the ninja? That's what I'm wondering. This is my question because were there two families that came to DeSoto, Missouri for the exact same reason? I got to tell you, based on the people from DeSoto we saw, I would be stunned if there was more than one Japanese family. I didn't even see a black guy. Well, this is what I mean. I'm trying to wonder how that guy didn't know that it was like one of their family members. It's probably two fucking brothers and one's a ninja and one's a dishwasher. This is not a very <laughs> 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 this <They laughs> real sliding know. doors thing, right yeah, there. Right? Holy fuck! I don't know, man. This is not seem like a very diverse community. I guess is the is the point of what we're saying here. No, so uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's sixty eight minutes, man. You know what? I don't like. I don't mind. I I like that they achieved the goals that they wanted. They fit it all in here, and they didn't need to squeeze a bunch of unnecessary extras in there. You always complain about padding. How can you not be happy with such a nice, concise 70-minute movie? Five seconds ago, you were saying they rushed through the end part. They wrapped it up too quick, so you're contradicting yourself. Yeah, I would have loved twenty more minutes of a battle than that (laughs) barn. I'm saying no, but to answer your question, if it's less than ninety, if I had paid money to see this in theaters, I don't even. This is definitely not in theaters, but like you know what I mean. You feel a little ripped off, like this is fucking like watching a TV show. It's a one hour. Come on, you gotta give more than an hour. Would it be great to have an extra fifteen minutes of this? Sure, I wouldn't complain. Uh, This was. Uh, something to watch. What a labor of love this must have been. Like, not <laughs> just for the filmmakers, but the whole town. And to be clear, this thing is insanely low quality, as so many shot-on-video movies are. But there is something inherently charming about this. Yeah, I agree, too. I like that the town came together to produce this, make something that they were willing to share with the world. Um, anyone who's willing to create content and share things, I think should be commended do we shit on stuff all the time absolutely because that's kind of what we do we do it and it is for fun and we're probably going to shit all over this for sure but that doesn't mean we don't think it should have been made or that we don't appreciate the work that the people put into this thing do you think that on the welcome to Desoto, missouri like town sign it says justice ninja style anywhere if it doesn't Let's it, fix that. It needs to. Yeah, yeah. When we visit it, we're gonna put we're gonna get a sweet <laughs> sticker printed and slap I, it on there. I mean, we are probably Justice committing some kind of crime that they now have uh evidence how of How do know that, if you know. this is still a town. <laughs> we'll find out. So, if you <laughs> are from DeSoto, Missouri, and you happen to listen to our podcast, yeah. please let us know how the town is doing and whether there is a Justice Ninja style sticker on the town sign. And if not, would you like one? There you go. And speaking of letting us know, right now we're going to let you know how we felt about this movie. It's time to transition to our ratings. The way we always do this, we're at the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times, 1 to 10 for how bad it is, 1 to 10 for how enjoyable, and the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales or what we call the crit, crit 20. 20. And the first thing I will say for my bad rating is the acting is terrible. Like this <laughs> has to be the worst acting across the board of any movie we've ever seen. Uh, Birdemic Oh yeah maybe Fuck Birdemic Okay well other than The guy who played George though Who to be clear Also was not that good But was definitely Functioning on a higher plane Than everyone else There is not a remotely Convincing performance In this thing I'm not going to argue with that. The, yeah. the action is you? absolutely atrocious. It's clearly non-actors performing in these roles. Yes, definitely. Uh, also, I feel that is true in the action scenes. The action scenes are ridiculous. I feel like you and I could have seamlessly stepped into any of these fights and done just as good a job as everyone other than the ninja. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, the effects are basically non-existent here. There is no blood at all until the very end when George gets impaled on that piece of metal. And other than the fake torso the ninja pulls out in that barn, everything is just like guys falling over, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, there's not a lot here. No, nope. yeah. <laughs> there's not. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about the soundtrack, but I feel like we just have to give this a 10 bat on principle. Like, this is strikingly amateurish. Although, I do want to give them a tiny bit of credit. The plot mostly makes sense. And we've seen a few movies where the plot does not make sense. This thing is coherent, if nothing else, for the most part. And there were a couple of decent camera shots. So maybe this is like a 9.9 bad, but i got to round it up to the 10. What about you? <laughs> I'm just going to start by saying it's a 10. Yeah. I, and, and that's yeah. not to shit on it. But it is definitely, in our scale, a 10 bad in terms of quality. The acting, I agree, is awful. I felt that the dialogue, the writing, was awful equally atrocious i know that the acting's awful but they weren't given a lot to work with and in fact they were all given too many lines oh interesting i feel like they were given too much to say there was way too much exposition they should have been doing more and saying less well yeah when you go back to the narrator thing the thoughts in their head that's a great example of that yeah i think that that like really added to the bad rating um i think that the action is quite poor Most of the martial arts moves are really bad in comparison to real, like, martial arts actual films or other things that we've seen. And we know that there's lots of martial arts movies that came out pre and post this that had way better action. The only one who seemed somewhat capable was the ninja. And even then, not that much so right like yeah. they they were a martial artist i'm sure but not a tremendously effective one right like they, if you wanted to put them against martial arts stars from the time or now they would be absolutely like humiliated okay well, i'm going to put you on the spot here then better movie martial artist this ninja or steven seagal Ah, uh, who? Okay. Um, this uh, martial artist, this ninja, the ninja, is, wow, is a better martial artist than Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal does not have a lot of moves. He throat rips, and he like chops, and he like talks some shit, but he doesn't do a lot of movement or action. Okay, Follow up question: Would Steven Seagal have been better than everyone else in this movie, but still below the ninja? Yes. Okay, that's the highest praise I've ever heard you give Steven Seagal. <laughs> I fucking hate Steven. Seagal. <laughs> you made that very clear <laughs> when we watched Under Siege a couple of seasons ago yeah uh, both as a human and an actor i hate him but that's okay all right um so all of those things are bad the effects aren't there and i know i was arguing with you the length of it is pretty laughable at 70 minutes that's so right minutes is it pretty, is so yeah. 10 bad 10 bad but so, how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of one to 10 yeah so this one is interesting right um I really like the setting of the town. I like that they use the real police cars, the real police station. They use the fire trucks. They they made it feel kind of authentic. There was too much running through fields for me (laughs) uh, a little bit, right? But otherwise, I enjoyed it. I actually thought for filming it like on actual videotape, they did a good job with the camera and editing. Yeah, I've watched a few shot on video movies and... It's very obvious it's happening. Sometimes but with this, it, there were moments where I kind of forgot. Yeah, I actually yeah. did. Like it didn't take away from my enjoyment and or good or bad rating, which means I think that they, they did quite a good job with that. I thought the editing was okay. I thought the music was not great. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't really talk about it. like what what in so it's funny because. In terms of hitting the mood or where it was supposed to, it was probably accurate. It was just so Except low for that budget. Willie Nelson song, but I actually kind of like that. It was uh, <laughs> I like that it was a song about running and that it All was right. like I I, I like that moment of juxtaposition between the actual tone of what the song should be and what was happening. Okay, um, I I kind of like that moment a bit um and i'm trying to compare it to other movies that we've watched it's, t- it's so different from everything else we've watched from like just from a production standpoint like being shot on video makes a huge difference yeah uh, in terms of what you can do well it just i but i mean for my enjoyability right like i'm thinking about right. it for miami connection um i gave a crit 10. 22 of course, that was a 10, 10, yeah. and, a 10. Yeah. and champagne and bullets i think about too because it's sort of the closest thing that yep. We've watched, I think this is actually a better story and it's like clear. It makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense than Champagne and Bullets. I'm a little sad that it doesn't have the same kind of um, music. Gratuitous nudity. And gratuitous (laughs) nudity. (laughs) This this, this this lacks some sexuality. I will say that that wasn't a part of it. And maybe the town is a conservative town in their, um, I don't know physicality couldn't convince any locals to pop their top yeah Yeah. i don't know so we we got a very mild peck between carol and brad it it, might even have been a cheat kiss i'm not convinced she got him on the lips it didn't make sense at all so i don't know um i like the experience of watching this i laughed a lot i was kind of happy and inspired by the town and what they've done but i i couldn't give this a 10 for enjoyability i had it at an eight I think it was worth watching. I think if you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's worth your 70 minutes. It doesn't take that long. Um, you'll have some fun with it um, and uh, pretty pretty good experience. Thank you for the recommendation to the VH ShitFest people. That was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Great recommendation. This was really fun to do as a special bonus episode here. Uh, my enjoyable rating, I feel like pretty much the exact same way as you. Um, there are a couple of things that stop this from being a 10 for me as well. I said I found it charming. I did find it very charming. I think what was missing for me, some of the effects, the fact there wasn't enough blood, there was no nudity, and for this kind of like, let's be honest here, this is like below a B movie. It's, it's, I, I expected something kind of schlocky. It didn't really have all those elements. It more seemed like a genuine heartfelt effort on just a tiny fucking budget, but everyone in the town getting on board. I like that too. You have it as Nate. I'm gonna call it Nate also. Like I I really think like it's a charming experience. I'm glad we watched this. It would have been cool to be in this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I had lived in DeSoto, Missouri in 1986, and I could be like, yeah, that was me. Like that is a silly thing. You fucking joke about like at a bar over beers or something. But like this is a a fun experience, a good time. I did laugh at a lot of things. Uh I will definitely check out some more VH shitfest releases in the future. Yeah, I look forward to watching some too. It's really, really fun. I like that they are finding movies that uh, are similar to this one, right? I assume the others kind of have the same kind of feel. I have to assume. Yes, but I guess we'll find out a little bit later on. What'd you think of this beer? Uh, I loved it. Super easy for me to crush. Uh, it, leaned more i would say to the ipa side oh my god it leaned it to a to the lot more ale, yeah this is the hoppiest pale ale i've ever had in my life it was cloudy not yeah. a fan oh so i really really enjoyed it i thought the hops were great i love the cloudy uh pale ale style i've drank a lot of town mostly ipas and this fits right in with the other stuff that they make always good quality always enjoyable so if you like me enjoy a hoppy more east coast style ipa Uh, then anything from Town Brewery will uh, make you a happy person. And I want to be clear, I did not enjoy this particular beer, but I have had many Town offerings as well, and I enjoy several of them. Uh, It's a cool brewery. The Can Art on all their cans is really cool also. They have other pale ales that I like. This one was just a little more leaning towards IPA, like you said. Uh, Not the one for me, but uh, you clearly enjoyed it a lot. So if you're an IPA lover looking for something a little bit lighter, go have some outside jokes. Yeah, I love that it's 5%, right? So you can have a few of these and not feel jeopardize like drinking some of the seven eight percent ipas there you go well that is going to wrap up this very special bonus episode we are still off for a few weeks as we try and sort out our upcoming fourth season there's going to be some exciting stuff and a couple of changes also that we'll be talking about later on but we thank you so much for joining us today before you come back in september hopefully make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at the bmb podcast Get us some suggestions for our upcoming season. You can send them to the DMs of those social media accounts or the Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely. We love to hear from you, and thank you for joining us today for Justice Ninja Style. Until this fall and the start of our fourth season, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Ninja unknown. White guy. That's, you think he was a white guy? <laughs> Absolutely. <That's> pretty, pretty <laughs> right. Blink and you die in the dark.